the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. Here we go, house lights down. Welcome once again to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem from Liberty Collingswood. This is not Emily. This is, we're slumming it, at least with the host today. Uh, This is Jim, Emily's husband. I am sitting in the hosting chair for this week because I'm very pleased to welcome our special guests, Abby and Courtney Samuel. And we are going to be talking through the sermon segment from this past Sunday at Liberty Collingswood. We're in the middle of a Lenten sermon series considering racism and systemic racial injustice. And Courtney and Abby were my conversation partners after just a bit of Romans 12 pontificating from me, but the bulk of the interview was hearing from Courtney and Abby. So I'll stop blabbing. Courtney and Abby, how you doing? Are you there? Yes, we are. We're here. Thank you <laughs> Very for nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And, and I'll tell our listeners and be very frank with them that when I asked you, hey, would you want to do a sermon dialogue with me, which actually you did a few years ago at Liberty Collingswood too, but would you want to do another one of those talking about racism and systemic racial injustice? You very graciously said yes, but what I didn't tell you is that it was a package deal to come on and do a podcast afterwards. So I wanted to take this time to apologize to you that I was totally uh, concealing that from you until now. I'll forgive it. <laughs> I think that's why I had my trepidation, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I try to be an under-asker, and then I give you the. Uh, it's it's like a credit card bill when when the good news is on top, but it's the fine print that gets you gets you in the end. So, uh, Courtney and Abby, I've known for many years now. It was a joy for Emily and me, and this is years ago now. You've been married a while. You're, you're old timers, five years uh, to have done your, your, your premarital counseling. And yeah, just having you a part of our church over these years has, has been a joy. I, I'm not sure if you remember with, with the wedding specifically, uh, it was an awesome wedding. You two, it was also the most physical pain I've ever been in. I, I had, I had thrown a, thrown out my back a couple of days beforehand. Uh, I, I hope I didn't embarrass myself, but I was on some some nice painkillers just to be able to uh, to get through. So, so do you remember? Like, did I embarrass myself at that wedding, or was it was it okay? No, I think you did <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't know why Courtney's laughing, but I do remember you got smacked on the back by Courtney's brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. It was just one of those thump and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That, that 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 was a fun wedding uh, I would I was honored to have been a part of it so let's get down to business with yesterday we're recording here on Monday podcast is dropping on Sunday on Wednesday morning let's call it stormy Monday so Courtney and B let's talk how did you think things went yesterday good 
I think it might good. What do you think it'd be? Yeah, I think it went pretty well. Um, I think as Courtney, I think mentioned to you after uh, the sermon, she was kind of reflecting and, um, you know, people were texting us. That was a, um, that was a great part about it. I think just sort of the, um, how much people appreciated that conversation mm-hmm. uh, from, because, you know, we, we, I had my, my trepidation, which is sort of separate from Courtney's, um, um, and there's sort of a discomfort to being on camera. And if you, if you're not talking publicly on a regular basis, uh, you know, that's part of it. Uh, but also you want to sound sort of winsome on a difficult sure. topic like that. Um, and I think that's, I don't want to speak for you, but I know that you'd shared that it was, it was difficult to put yourself out there. Um, for sure. In, probably like that. And so just hearing from the, from the congregation about it was, uh, was wonderful. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like getting text messages after the fact, people just saying, thank you. Thank you for getting so personal, uh, made it worthwhile all the sweating on stage. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And could, if I could double click on that and, and maybe there's nothing more in to, to go into in this direction. Like, like I was pleased when you texted me Courtney yesterday afternoon to say that you've gotten some encouraging feedback. What, what were some of the most encouraging, like specific notes that you got? You don't have to use people's names, but like, what, what were some things that just made you go like, yes, or like, thank you? Uh, it was nice, like just the support for one. So mm-hmm. like people saying, hey, we're just really glad that our families know each other. We love you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, someone in particular said, um, like, it was good to hear what you, you said, but it also broke my heart. Um, and just knowing that someone was that in tune with what, what we were trying to get through, get to uh, with the with the things we were saying was was good. I like I like that that everyone was willing to come around us. Yeah, for sure. And I I heard the same comment on it. If you did in the room, so at Liberty Collingswood, we're not really physically regathered. We're just people that are either setting up or doing something in the service in the room. So maybe up to about ten people. But but I heard across the sanctuary afterwards. I I actually don't know who it was. I just heard the voice. Like I was crying. And so, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was, um, I, I, I thought it was a very powerful Sunday. And so, so B, I, I, I do need to apologize to you. You mentioned that you're not necessarily super comfortable speaking in front of a camera. That, that, that's precisely why we gave you the microphone that sometimes doesn't work the way that we want it to. So you're, I figured, I figured. <laughs> my poor husband. You're, you're, you're welcome for that. You're, so, so your first answer was on a, was coming through Courtney's mic, but it came through loud and clear enough. And then we, uh, we switched over, but, it, but I do feel bad. And that's on us for, for not, not, not setting you up to win. It, it would have been funny though if your answer had not been picked up on Courtney's bike and we hadn't done anything to change it. So it would have been like a half an hour conversation <laughs> with, with, with Courtney talking, but it'd be totally on mute. At the same. <laughs> yeah. Courtney and I uh, talked about that. We're like, it'd be, it would be providence if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so, so I echo all of those uh, thoughts, comments, and thankfulness uh, for what you said. And you already mentioned a little bit about this, you two, uh, about putting yourself out there, uh, going into Sunday morning. Uh, on one hand, what were you nervous about? But then on the other hand, what were you, 
either excited or convicted about as in like, let's, let's do this. So yeah, start with uh, how were the nerves and why and what for were they there? You want me to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My nerves were shot. Um, mm-hmm. Why were I? So we, we had talked beforehand and or the night before and he was like, and I was like, babe, do you think this stuff is okay? And his response was, if your heart is in the right place, Courtney, you know, essentially just let God do what he's going to do. Mm. And, and I was like, that's good. But then I'm also like, well, is my heart in the right place? So the whole time we're driving, <laughs> we're like quiet. And I'm like, I think it is like, I feel okay. But you know, um, it was just very sensitive stuff to, to say. And some of it very, very direct, especially mm-hmm. some of the words I use. Um, and so I just, you know, giving people insight to how I was raised <clears throat> some of the discomfort I think of the language just was I just wasn't yeah. sure about it and I know you gave me like full support you know we've talked about this on our other many many zoom calls um, <laughs> had my back that you know the leadership had my back um, but yeah it still definitely had the nerves going in just like how how was it all going to be received and especially you know, coming from a minority background do people often hear how we talk or how, mm-hmm. you know, the things in our homes and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll say Courtney, for my part, you said exactly what I was hoping and praying for, but didn't dare to presume mm-hmm. upon if that makes sense, because you were yeah. both direct and vulnerable in ways that I think really served our congregation. Yeah. But that, I guess, like I said on Sunday morning, that that was a gift that that you gave to us. Um, so thank you for taking those steps. And so it'd be, how about you? Nerves, you you said there is the, you know, being on stage part, anything else? It, it just the, yeah, the format of it is um, different from what you would normally do. Uh, you know, we're not preaching every Sunday like you are. Um, but, you know, I was excited about it for, for Courtney. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've talked about some of this, but like having her flesh out things in ways that are deeply mini- meaningful and not stuff that you hear, you know, whether, whether you're on Twitter or any other sort of medium, um, just a deeply personal aspect of um, race relations in America. Um, mm-hmm. and, in particular um that was uh that was great you know i i i'd like to say i've, I've been a patient <laughs> and uh listening husband over uh particularly over the last year um which i uh really haven't um but getting to hear her sort of uh the depth of her emotion on this um, mm-hmm. in, in form in that long form was um was extremely valuable um, and certainly something that convicted me even as we were preparing for it, but also like during the, um, uh, you know, during the sermon itself, um, hearing it from her perspective uh, yeah, in her words was, uh, was convicting, you know, especially in, in relation to the question you had about lament and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, empathy, I think uh, some of that just became more, you know, the, the need for it and how it builds the bridges that 
um, you just don't see happening, um, yeah. you know, when you're just kind of stuck in, um, st stuck with your blinders on and, and um, um, you know, dialed into your phone and so on, as I spoke about. So uh, I think that that's what I was convicted about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that for sure. And it came through came through loud and clear. Uh, and there are plenty of things that, that you said that I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about or simply commend. So Courtney, these are, these are some things that are mostly in your direction, but Abi, I got, I got some stuff for you too, if that's, if that's okay. Uh, Courtney, I appreciated how, and I'll start this section here, how you were honest both about some of your own stories, but then also some of your own anger as it related to processing through something like, like George Floyd. Uh, to me, as a majority culture Christian, both of those things are really important uh, for me and I think others, others to hear. Uh, why, why did you go in those two directions? Um, well, um, I, I, just because that was <laughs> exactly what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, I try to address, I guess, the questions that you had kind of posed to us, mm -hmm. um, how I would talk about them if I was at home right. or if I was talking to like one of my best friends from elementary school, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to just kind of be as, I guess, raw as I could be. Um, yeah, and then still deliver, you know, still deliver the the history of my own personal history along mm -hmm. with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really masterful. And we've talked in some of our prep meetings before Sunday about how we, we wanted we wanted rawness for sure and like honest stories and honest emotions from you, Courtney, insofar as you felt comfortable sharing them, but then also realizing that some of these discussions are so polarized. We wanted to speak in such a way where people wouldn't automatically like throw up all of their defenses as if they're on social media or as if they're watching their news service of choice. Um, and at least for me, hearing personal responses and stories like we heard from you, Courtney, yesterday, I think really effectively sidestep some of those like politicized defense mechanisms that, that we can put on because we're just talking about our brothers and sisters and, and we're called, called to love each other well. Yeah, so thanks, thanks for going. Uh, yeah. Thanks for going there. Uh, for you, it'd be so for those that didn't see the, the, the video on, on, on Sunday, you're, you're a uh, mixed ethnicity couple. Um, uh, so uh, Courtney, African-American, uh, be an Indian immigrant. Uh, I was excited to have not just anybody, but, but both of you talking to us this, this past Sunday so that we could get two slightly different perspectives on racism in our country. And it'd be, I thought that what you said likewise was really, really good. And at a couple points, you mentioned that your experience of racism as an Indian immigrant is just very different from 
from Courtney's. I, I hear from non-Black people of color, whether in our church or otherwise, that it's hard to locate one's voice within discussions in our country that are primarily, but not only black and white, not wanting to pitch one's voice too loudly or too quietly, if I could use those terms in the conversation. How did you navigate either this Sunday specifically or more generally, how, how do you locate your own voice in some of these ongoing conversations? And, you know, we were debriefing um, some of that, and I was kind of, um, when I first uh, was thinking through the questions that um, we talked about discussing on Sunday, um, my, my trepidation came from um, precisely that, what you're talking about, you know, not, not exactly being able to locate um, your voice in a, a very deep and long and sort of pervasive um, conflict, uh, whether that's been sort of a conflict that erupts um, often into the stuff that it erupted into last year, or if it's been sort of under the surface or like, you know, in, in sort of systems and the way that people interact, mm -hmm. um, just not being able to have sort of a, one, a good understanding of it um, and, uh, and, and two, just um, feeling sort of an outsider to, to that dynamic. Um, so it's, it's difficult to do that. Uh, the other part of it that, I was, that we were talking about, uh, you know, Courtney asked me the same question in, in different words. Uh, you know, when you come here, you're a foreigner, right? You're, you're not, um, this is not your home country and that's not necessarily how you even see it. Um, you know, it takes a very long time to to adopt that, mm -hmm. um, adopt America as your country, um, and so you try to fit into systems. You try to adapt to systems. You try to adapt to culture, right? Because this is not yours, mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of your way of functioning. And you try to figure out, you know, what are the things, what are the tools that I have to take advantage of, um, you know, the American system, the American economy, and so on. Um, and so you're, you're sort of almost tinkering on the edges in order to uh, make the best for yourself and for your family. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so like um, it, there's, that, there's that dynamic of like, you, you know, you feel you don't have complete ownership of this conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. And I still sort of feel like that. Uh, but at the same time, I know I, I have to realize and I needed to realize who my wife is and who my kids are. And so, um, you know, I, kind of reflecting on that um, yeah, was important. Uh, but also as Courtney, you know, reminded me yesterday that the voices of, an, the voices of immigrants are, are valuable uh, in, this, mm -hmm. in this conversation. Um, and that you have your own sort of experience of uh, navigating the difficulties of, of, of uh, being American or becoming American. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that that's where um you know i had i had to come to terms with some of that stuff yeah yeah and i think for what you communicated yesterday it'd be you you came to came to terms with very gracious and wise terms that you used uh yesterday so so you've you've never not uh spoken wisely in all of my experience if you 
it'd be or Courtney. That's what life so, is in life. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Courtney, I appreciated as well your ability to be very direct, but then also very nuanced in a short period of time. So I'm, I'm going to try to work on being better about both of those things in my own, my, my own communication, including when you were talking, and I think it was just a couple of sentences about Black Lives Matter. Like my, my impression as to how some of those things play out in the church is that, uh, do you know how Jesus says to the Pharisees at one point, you're, you're swatting at gnats while swallowing camels? I think some of the, at least white church's response to Black Lives Matter when, uh, you know, and there is some like wackiness uh, in terms of Black Lives Matter as an organization, uh, like, you know, dig deep on your website. And there are a couple points where it looks like, oh, you've taken like a semester and a half of grad school and read a couple blog posts and you're uh, just kind of like, uh, I don't know, wacky for, 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 for lack of a better term, at least on the edges of Black Lives Matter as an organization. So if those are the gnats, the, the really big thing is that like Black Lives Matter is saying something crucially important that everyone in our country needs to hear right now. And I, th I, I thought you allowed for nuance there that I often find lacking in uh, conversations, either in American churches or, or in our, our, our cultural moments. So yeah, could you go back again and expand on why that is just a crucial sentiment that we need to hear right now? So, well, so like, I guess like when thinking about answering that question, um, thinking about what was, because I think the question was like, what triggers you, right? What yeah. triggers you or what makes you feel defeated? Um, <clears throat> and I actually, I didn't know a hundred percent where to go. <laughs> so I yeah. just kind of started and let it go. But like the, for me, I'm not a very political person. And I think we can attest to that. Like I, um, so for me, like I, 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 it's really in actually being married, I realized that how politicized things can be. I think I sort of sheltered myself in that, in that sense, just wanting to stay away from those types of things. And so um, I've, I realized like, if I say this thing, uh, it's very possible it's gonna rub some folks the wrong way because of um, maybe where they stand. Um, but for me personally, Black Lives Matter is like a thing before Black Lives Matter, the actual uh, group or institution, or I don't know what we call it, was sure. actually formed, you know, yeah. like, so it wasn't, it, yeah, for me, it was just a matter of like, hey, this is just a fact, and we all need to, I don't want to say be okay with it, but like, you need to hear that it's important. Uh, like, you don't want to, you can't shy away from, um, or at least I can't, the years and years of history that's there um and when we say black black lives matter or at least for myself it's it's less about that organization and more about my children it's more about my friends it's more about their kids um and so and i don't know i hope that answers <laughs> what you're asking but yeah no, for it, me, yeah, it's it, like um go ahead yeah i just i i yeah i hope that answers it jim i don't know <laughs> No, I think for that's sure. a valuable sentiment as well, uh, Jim. Sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, you were just about um, to was, share a valuable sentiment. That's a valuable sentiment because, you know, <laughs> I was. Go ahead. There's the delay here. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a valuable sentiment because, um, you know, seeing, seeing Black Lives Matter is, is not saying that other lives don't matter. And I think that's often the sentiment that, that there is in um, culture um, that when you're saying Black Lives Matter, you're saying that white lives don't matter or that, you know, the, the other um, corollary was the, you know, the, that blue lives don't matter. And that's not what, what's being said. Um, and I think, uh, I think Courtney's right on about, you know, we, we, need to, um, we need to all be saying that whether you're on the right or the left, uh, right? You need to be all, be, you need yeah. to all be behind this idea that, that black lives matter um, and every life, uh, mm-hmm. uh, every black lives, life matter. I, I think that's a, um, that's, that shouldn't be something that is politicized. That shouldn't be something that has so much baggage, uh, but unfortunately it does. And I, I'm glad that Courtney kind of um, honed they're not as somebody who's, uh, you know, in her bones, apolitical uh, and yeah. somebody who doesn't quite, you know, um, sing or sing, sing the same tunes as the narratives that could be out there on the right or the left. Uh, and I, I find that really valuable. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of bonkers. So it'd be years ago, we would talk about my being a San Antonio Spurs fan and you're being a Lakers fan. I, I think we've both maybe migrated a little bit in, in fandom. I grew up in New Orleans and uh, uh, like, like I've migrated, you've repented of, of your past fandom. So uh, the, these things are not equal, but, 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 but I'm kind of going from San Antonio Spurs to New Orleans Pelicans. I grew up in New Orleans and whether it's Spurs or Pelicans, they're both small market basketball teams as opposed to Los Angeles, New York, Boston, whatever. And sometimes when I think about like collective bargaining agreements, th- this is going somewhere, I promise, for, for NBA teams. Uh, like I, I've said to some of my like NBA commiserators, like small market teams matter, right? And, and the NBA is not just all about like having a good team in New York, Brooklyn, LA, but like nobody thinks that what I'm saying is we need to like eliminate the big market teams or like, like, like it's not a criticism of the other markets. It's just, these are the ones that are most, most marginalized. And yeah, I think that's how we should take black lives matter. One, one follow-up question there, if you're comfortable saying, say, say you're driving through a neighborhood, whether, whether yours or another, and you see an all lives matter sign in somebody's in somebody's yard, whether for either of you or your kids, like what kind of response does that elicit in you? How do you take that? Mm, yeah, um, I try not to get worked up about it, but I, I think my like the first thing I think is like they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not getting the 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 whole idea behind. Black Lives Matter is that, like you said, Black people have been marginalized to such a significant degree. You know, we're not just, again, it's not a political stunt. We're not just saying this to acquire um, an affiliation on one side or the other. It's it's literally like that enough is enough. Yeah. Um, we've 
saying certain things for so long that have been wrong, that have been off um, about how we're treated, about our country. And we matter, we're still here. We've not gone anywhere and we wanna be heard. And that's, that's, so when I see all lives matter, it's, it's not, it's just like, okay, I don't, they, they're not getting it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and by grace they will. But. Yeah. That makes sense. Abid, do you have anything there too, or? And I, I mean, to me, some of that's just tone deaf. Um, you know, um, I don't, I don't see the point of it. Like, it, you know, again, it goes back to what we just talked about that, that nobody's saying that all lives don't matter, right? Uh, there is, there isn't a, this is not a mutually exclusive statement to say that black lives matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so I think there, there's just a little bit of tone deafness there. Um, and I think some of it, and I, again, I'm guilty to this, right? Like, so we're so, um, uh, we're, we're so driven by the headlines and we're so driven by um, social media in terms of our dispositions that mm -hmm. some, like a comment like that can easily trigger that response. Yeah. Um, so I think that the tone deafness is also because of how curated our content is. Um, and we, we refuse, absolutely refuse to see anything um, from, from a different lens. Again, I'm guilty of, of some of this. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, my, my take, and this is, you know, speaking as a, speaking as, as a white male, two, two levels that the main thing I'll, I'll second that tone deaf uh, or don't get it impulse. And, and there is just like a kind of read the room people <laughs> impulse here where um, uh, like, like, do you, do you really want to go, go there now? Um, I, I, I will say in terms of how polarized things are, I, I have some family members that, that work in government. Uh, they're, they're, they're moderate Republicans. And sometimes they feel that what's, they they wish that they be that they be given some more charitable judgment sometimes in terms of uh, or like like these family members of mine oh you're a moderate Republican therefore like you're automatically a racist um, uh, I I feel some of that polarization even though I strongly disagree with yeah anybody putting up a all lives matter sign in, in their yard at this at this cultural moment I I do think it's at the same time a symptom of some some deeper and regrettable politicization uh, more broadly. Uh, but again, the main thing is if Jesus was for uh, the marginalized, the oppressed, then we look at the history of our country and say, we've got to double down where our country has been the weakest, therefore black lives matter. And one of the things too, if I could double click on one more thing that you were both saying on Sunday, and I wasn't surprised by this, but still gratified and like, thought to myself, yeah, this is one of the reasons why Courtney and A.B. are awesome. Like, I didn't have to ask you to integrate thoughts about God, Jesus, and the Bible into your answers when you were talking about our country, racist history. Uh, I really think there's value to that, like, integrate Bible into this approach. And yeah, why, why is that natural for you? Do you have any thoughts about why sometimes at least as I perceive it, and going back to the sermon that I preached two weeks ago, so not yesterday with both of you, but there was somebody in the room, 
when I preached the first in the Lenten sermon series about this stuff that said, like, I have never heard from a Christian pulpit, a pastor criticizing racism in our country. Um, so it's like Bible over here talking about race over there, which to me is like a real false dichotomy and weird. Um, mm -hmm. Did did you why did it come so naturally to you to just bring those things together? What, was it like a conscious choice on your part or was it? We love Jesus. We hate racism. So these things relate to each other. Um, I think for me, like, it's just some of this, like, just kind of battling my own um, feelings towards racism or race, like, have genuinely been the work of the Holy Spirit. So it's like, I can't <laughs> separate them because I think if like a lot of my parenting decisions would have been completely different had God not truly intervened in my life um, on issues of race and racism and, and how it's affected me. So it naturally went together uh, for me. Um, yeah. And also I think you had Bruce Springsteen in sports like locked in. So I couldn't have like referenced those. Hey now. <laughs> 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 that 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 would have been great if during the dialogue what if either of you would have said there's a singer songwriter from new jersey named bruce springsteen and then getting my face on video at that moment where, <laughs> hey wait a second you, would, you wouldn't have been in your seat that's <laughs> that so so courtney let let me follow up there and again only if you're comfortable you mentioned Holy Spirit, like parenting choices would have been different except for the gospel and Holy Spirit. Could, could you name one or two of those, like choose your own adventure moments. I could have gone this way, but then I felt God pulling me in this direction. Yeah, I think, um, so I would say Holy Spirit through a little bit of Avilash Samuel, um, mm. because like just conversations with him, uh, and again, you know, being a Christian, um, one thing I think differently is like, at least for myself, um, there seemed to be a lot of comparison growing up, uh, to like the right thing to do was, but was white. So like the right thing to do was the white thing to do. Um, and so, I think had it not been for God's work in my life, you know, working through my relationship, particularly with a V, um, I think I probably would have had that same sort of um, held that same measuring stick against my own children. Like, you know, being, I don't know, like being in an all white school, that's the thing to shoot for or, um, that's the right way because that's how white people are acting or even comparing them to them constantly. So like, um, just so those are some things that I was kind of raised with. And, um, and I, again, thank God that I think that has changed or that has, that changed uh, in me because of, yeah. 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 That, that thing you mentioned, Courtney's mentioned this quite a few times of like, um, you know, um, we we don't we don't tell our kids to not run around in the grocery store because um, you know 
other white kids would not be running around in the grocery store. Our reasons for not running around in the running around in the grocery store are because we want them to be behaved and be you know well behaved, and mm-hmm. uh, we want them to not create uh, an additional problem for us <laughs> while we're trying to navigate that. Right? Like some of it's just functional. Yeah. Um, and so the way that we we is is more um, in line with what what we think is good. Uh, as a whole and not not just good because somebody else is doing it. I think that's mm-hmm. a bad yardstick. Or even because if we do it, we'll be looked upon as ethnic or we'll be looked upon as not fitting a category. Because often for us in like the grocery store, the scenario, it is, it's not that the white children are not doing it. Um, it's that if you do that, you're just going to look bad. You're going to make me look bad in front of these white right. people. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, that, yeah, that was just never okay. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's absolutely, he's absolutely right. Yeah, thank you for saying. And I think part of the continued learning curve for somebody like me and majority culture people is continuing to mold my mind to understanding that, and I mean this 0% is a criticism and I say it with gratitude I think I have literally never thought about a grocery store before. Um, and just just what you've said just now about how to comport yourself and how to ask your children to comport yourself themselves in a grocery store is something that that for me, it's I, I've never had to do those those equations. Um, and so part of the part of the learning curve for us is understanding some of these difficulties that are baked in perhaps to some of your experiences, but then are baked in in the opposite direction uh, to mine. And we need to, we need to love each other, love each other well. And I think that that connects to with what you were saying on Sunday, Courtney, about just some of the fatigue um, uh, of, of, uh, of having these conversations. Uh, One, one last question for both of you. Uh, The last question yesterday was talking about Hey, at our church, we're asking people to take some next steps in terms of like steps of consecration before God. We're not going to tell people what to do except to do something, however it looks like for them. Uh, And you gave really good advice there. Are there any next steps that are on your mind for the two of you or for your family? Uh, If not in those terms, how do you want to, Samuels, continue to process these things within your marriage and with your kids? I think I mentioned one of them um, that, that our family could engage in is um, being aware of communities around us where there are minorities that are hurting. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's important for us as parents. Uh, you know, our, our kids at the end of the day, and we say this pretty often, mm-hmm. they're pretty privileged, uh, right? They're, they have really good lives. Um, and I think it's important for them to see um, that there are people who are not and that, mm-hmm. and that we be part of, you know, kind of Liberty's vision of being the hands and feet of Jesus in, in the communities in our, in our areas. And I think we can sort of start taking bigger strides in that, in that direction. Um, and I know we've, we've started to do some of it um, prior to the pandemic, but um, I think the time is ripe now uh, for us to do some of that. I know, um, Liberty has created some of those on-ramps as well that um, uh, we've taken advantage of sometimes. Um, 
uh, but certainly I think it would be valuable for our kids to mm-hmm. dive with us um, just so that they're in that practice as well. Would you assume? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think um, for me, yeah, it would be getting getting our children more involved on mm-hmm. and even just educating them on um, on some things I was trying to share on Sunday, like, you know, like I said, if everyone were to just take a topic and sort of educate themselves on it and let someone know or let their kid know, um, like there's ways to do that. And I know that's super uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can really question what I'm doing right now, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think it's better because it, you're, better for it your family will be better for it when you start to talk about those difficult things and there's ways to do it on their level and so i think for for me it would just be um doing that in a way that is um less focused on you know madison or evelyn or jefferson's blackness but more yeah. focused on you know this is the history of the thing mm-hmm. and uh this is what we learn from it type type of thing so yeah yeah something as simple as like a family movie night for for some of our families or a family documentary night uh and it, yeah there's just plenty of like flexible ways to yeah choose one or more topics to to jump in uh and i'll say too it the one thing that i'm struggling with as i think about steps of con- consecration e- either for my family or broadly at liberty collingswood is trying to take steps that are more than individualistic and personal if we're talking about racism as systemic injustice and not just against individuals. Uh, how can an individual take a step to address a systemic reality? And that's something that I continue to not have great answers for, um, which isn't to say that the individual is not important uh, and learning is not important, uh, but how, how can we engage multiple fronts to, do you have any thoughts about that? Are, are there any systemic ways that, that, that we can serve these issues too? Yeah, like I, I don't know if it's really adding. It's it's I guess along similar lines is what it be is saying. Like um, the way I kind of see it is by doing the like the personal change becomes the systemic change. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think me and Abi had this conversation the other day about you know like well what does this do? What do these conversations do? It's it's a very hot topic right now to talk about racism. Yeah, but I think like. And what I told him was that, you know, maybe someone listening or someone, you know, hearing this uh, conversation that we had on Sunday, maybe they're a business owner. Um, And so now maybe they reflect on some things that maybe they haven't even noticed they were doing in their business practices or in their, the way they were hiring. And now Mm. that changes for them. Um, And, you you know, it it, kind of just continues to roll, I think. And it's, slow as a B said, but you know, it's going it, to, it, it'll take time that of course, like it's not the, all of a sudden this certain thing is illegal or this thing is deemed incorrect, but yeah, I think it's more sustainable when it is from the heart. And so you have people of power who are making different choices because they just know that's the right thing to do um, mm-hmm. versus maybe being forced to do so. Um, so for me, that's kind of how I see it is that it, I kind of, they're kind of one in the same. Um, oh, I would much prefer that uh, things happen quickly and that it 
in some sense, things were deemed one, you know, wrong, but it, I don't think it's as sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I've told a couple of people talking about some of these things. And again, my perspective isn't perfect uh, on these or any issues, but I've said, Hey, this might not be a sprint, but it's also not a walk. <laughs> so it's somewhere in the marathon slash jog territory where <laughs> like, 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 a, like an intentional long run that takes training, that takes preparation, that takes planning, that takes effort, that takes follow through. Um, and hopefully this is part of the process, what we're doing at Liberty Collingswood uh, toward, toward some of these goals as well. So uh, as, as we wrap up here, uh, Courtney and Abby, are, are, you, uh, are you able to stay on for just a minute while we do the encore? Fan, fan, yeah, fans love the sure. encore. Okay, so uh, postsundayblues at gmail.com. Feel free to email in. We're always glad to read feedback from folks. This one is from Yvonne. Hi, Angers. I've definitely enjoyed being able to listen to the podcast. While I enjoy the behind-the-scenes thought process and information for the sermons, I would have been happy just for that. But she goes on to say other things, too. Just kidding, Yvonne. I appreciate everything you said here. I also really appreciate the dynamic between the two of you. I'm not really sure that I've been able to spend much time with the two of you in the same room. So it's fun to hear your marriage dynamic and sweet and funny banter. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I could see Emily turning red if she were like also <laughs> on this call right now. Looking Love forward it. to the thoughts to come throughout Lent and beyond. And I also wanted to include from Yvonne, though I don't get many of the blues references. Sorry, Jim. If, if you write in, uh, Courtney, maybe you, you too can be a howling wolf. That's what we call people that write in to post Sunday blues at, as alums of the show. Anybody can become a howling wolf by writing in. I enjoy thinking of howling, howling wolves in the context of actual wolves and how they can communicate with each other over 10 miles away. And certainly the folks listening into the podcast can do so much from further distances. You're welcome for that animal trivia. So thank you, Yvonne. And then we have from Sharon. Here we go. She is grateful for the podcast. And she says that a couple of weeks ago during a snow Sunday, her parents asked her, I'll say it in her, her voice, my parents asked me for a service to watch and I was glad to recommend Liberty. It was very moving to worship together with them, especially when we did Passing the Peace. They really enjoyed the sermon. And then I was happy when they said that the Racism Lent program sounded wonderful. I'm excited to send them the podcast so they can listen to the sermons and postmortems and maybe our family can talk about these things from some more. So thanks for being a church that's a loving, safe space that lives, speaks, and serves. Courtney B., would you have anything to say to Sharon there as she talks about some of these things with her family? It's grateful for what you're saying too, I'm sure. I, I love that. I love that um, uh, the idea of getting parents involved, especially because uh, and that they're excited about talking about racism. <laughs> I don't know if I would hear that from my parents, but that's good. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, for, <laughs> just because, um, yeah, I think, you know, some of those things, those gener that generation kind of had more, uh, maybe more mm -hmm. tension in the sort of race realm, but maybe yeah. not as much conversation. Um, yep. and so I think it's good that, the, you know, now they'll, they'll see it from a different perspective, plenty of conversation. Right. And so, um, hopefully that opens up some, some good stuff on their end. Amen. That's what we're about. So thank you, Sharon, and go ahead and rate review and subscribe, share with friends. This podcast 
especially share wasn't just angers talking we had some samuels on on the call this week and they were great courtney we thank you so much for joining us any parting shots as we turn the house lights back up we missed emily <laughs> <laughs> no offense jim this was great <laughs> that is perfect thank you so much so how was it that was amazing thanks so much for joining us this has been the post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem production of liberty collingswood go ahead rate review and subscribe and you can find all things liberty collingswood at libertycollingswood.org no more post sunday blues here comes some pre-sunday happy you know we heard a couple of your uh podcasts with uh (laughs) Um, they were with good. Emily. You, you and Emily make a good team. You guys have a really good band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. It's fun. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Like the, the funny thing is we never, like we actually never talk to each other during the week. Um, so oh. we're, we're like <laughs> c- completely silent with each other. And like, it's, it, it's a judgy silence, even um, <laughs> totally cold and mean, <laughs> but then we just, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> <laughs> then we flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> and it all works out.